they chose not to execute the plan during mid-August, which is traditionally a light month for traffic. Instead, they deliberately waited until Monday, September 9th, which they knew was the first day of school in Fort Lee, to further ratchet up the injury to Fort Lee's residents. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. I think what I've done is more fair than what anybody else has done. Let me be really clear again, since you're good at mischaracterizing what I say, I'll, I'll make it clear and you can record it this time. Thank you all very much, and I'm sorry for the idiot over there. Take care. I'm David First. Coming up, we'll be joined by Dale Russikoff, author of a new book on Governor Christie, Cory Booker, and the Newark School Reform. It's called The Prize, Who's in Charge of America's Schools? Right now, though, today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, September 9th, 2015, is the two-year anniversary of Bridgegate. And if you're listening early enough in the day, there is still time to mark the occasion with a commemorative traffic jam or two. The story has never really gone away, and one of the peripheral scandals involving former Port Authority Chair David Sampson and conflicts of interest with United Airlines flared up again just this week, with United CEO Jeff Smyzik resigning, a move the company admitted was connected with an internal investigation into dealings with the Port Authority. But back to the main scandal. I know it seems like only yesterday, but it was two years ago that the first day of engineered gridlock began in Fort Lee. So let's relive some of the greatest hits. At 211, Fort Lee traffic is a nightmare. The GW Bridge is totally gridlocked. My exact words is this will not end well. You said this will not end well? Correct. Because of traffic. I'm just trying to find the bridge. We're getting calls from irate motorists. I was calling people's cell phones, the cell phones that I had, sending text mails because it was maddening. Have you seen the bridge? I have seen the bridge! Who would close down lanes to the busiest bridge in the world to get to me? They shut down the tobles of glory because we didn't endorse Christie. Either there was a traffic study or there wasn't. If there was, where is it? So Jersey, get your ass in line. I worked the cones, actually, on that. Unbeknownst to everybody, I was actually the guy out there. I was in overalls and a hat, so I wasn't a, But I actually was the guy working the cones out there. You really are not serious. Patrick Foy, F-O-Y-E, uh, Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, uh, executive director. Uh, I'm not aware of any traffic study. I don't know why it was done. Baroni's resignation as the deputy executive director of the Port Authority, uh, effective today. And I've made it very clear to everybody on my senior staff that if anyone had any knowledge about this, that they needed to come forward to me and tell me about it. And they've all assured me that they don't. Can I take them to the bridge? Go ahead. Take them on to the bridge. Take them to the bridge. Can I take them to the bridge? Well, let me tell you, everybody, I was blindsided yesterday morning. All of the people who were affected by this conduct deserve this apology. This morning, I've terminated the employment of Bridget Kelly because she lied to me. Mr. Wildstein's admitted that he and Baroni and Kelly executed a plan to suddenly and without warning drastically reduce the number of local access lanes to the bridge, knowing full well and intending that this maneuver would gridlock Fort Lee. Gridlock up ahead There's a line of cars as far as I can see Gridlock I am not guilty of these charges. I 
am an innocent man. When Hillary Clinton goes out and gives an hour and 50 minute press conference with the National Press Corps where she takes every question, then she can talk to me. Because that's what I did the day after. And the press conference went on and on. It was longer than one of my own damn shows. Right, the day after. And everything I said that day's proven to be true. I mean, is this the new low in American politics? Is that uh, at least I wasn't indicted? You're killing the working man who's stuck in the government, Chris Christie, for Lee, New Jersey traffic jam. We are joined for this anniversary of sorts by Andrea Bernstein, senior editor for politics and policy for WNYC News, and Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks, David. Two years. I'm sorry I didn't bring a gift, uh, but I do have a question for you to consider today. Two years later, what is it that you most want to know about Bridgegate or the related Port Authority scandals? What is still unanswered? Tom, if you could sit down with Governor Christie and ask one question, assuming that he would answer it truthfully, he was given truth serum, what would that question be? If we're talking truth serum, I guess I'd start with the deleted texts. He and Regina Egea, who is now his chief of staff at the time was about to be, exchanged 12 text messages during testimony at the Port Authority legislative hearings from Port Authority officials. This was the day that the alibi of it was all a traffic study was demolished when one after another Port Authority officials came and said there was no traffic study. At that time, the governor was exchanging text messages with Egea, who he had asked to follow the meetings. They both deleted that, and they both claimed they don't remember what they discussed. Okay, uh, Andrea, the governor has been given the truth serum. What do you start with? I start with, what did you know and when did you know it? What were you discussing with David Wildstein on September 11th, 2013? We have a series of photographs taken by the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey on 9-11 during the lane closures when David Wildstein is standing and chatting with Governor Christie. What were they talking about? Did you know of what David Sampson was doing at the Port Authority? In addition, I'd like to know how he communicated with his close advisors, Mike Duhame and David Sampson, since there is very little paper trail of written communications between those three. All this goes back to what did Governor Christie know and when did he know it? Here's another one. He's claimed repeatedly on national TV that there will be no more criminal charges in the Bridgegate matter, that it's settled, and that U.S. Attorney Paul Fishman ruled out further charges repeatedly in his press conference. He's said this on national TV, and it's flat out not true. So if we have truth serum, I'd ask him about that. He said that to Megyn Kelly, for example. The U.S. attorney said in his press conference a few weeks ago that there'll be no further charges in the bridge matter. What Fishman did say is, based on the information we have now, I don't intend to file further charges. Every investigation, every prosecution we have is always ongoing. We Obviously, we're always going to, we were receptive to new evidence. What I will say is this, though, that based on the evidence that is currently available to us, we're not going to charge anybody else in this scheme. But he went on to say he hopes to get more information and that you'll have to stay tuned. This is like Downton Abbey, he said. And keep in mind, he's got two people under indictment who are under tremendous pressure to flip and start cooperating with him. You know, Bill Baroni and Bridget Kelly both face potentially long prison terms. Neither of them has one scrap of fondness for the governor at this stage, who's basically thrown them under the bus. When is the trial going to be? Predictions are that it will be in early 2016. The timing is quite interesting. Bridget Kelly's lawyer has said that 
It is very, very difficult to await. It is causing real hardship. She's a single mother of four children, at least one of college age, and she's been having difficulty finding employment with this hanging over her. So uh, they want the trial to happen soon, and there's nothing that the U.S. attorney has said that is indicating that it won't. So we could be looking at a trial starting right around the time of the early presidential primaries. The other thing that I think that, you know, we're hoping that we're going to learn at trial is exactly what was Governor Christie's relationship with David Wildstein. We know Governor Christie has said they barely knew each other. I have had no contact with David Wildstein in a long time, a long time. We know that there were meetings in the state house. We know there is a photograph of the governor showing David Wildstein the portrait of Wally Edge, who is the former governor uh, after whom David Wildstein took his blogger pseudonym. So we've seen these pictures. We've seen tantalizing hints that David Wildstein played a much larger role in Governor Christie's political apparatus at the, than the governor's let on, but we don't really have any of the details of that. And Tom, this news that Jeff Smizek, United CEO, is resigning, a move connected with the company's investigation into its dealings with the Port Authority and with former Port Authority chair and Christie appointee David Sampson, there are a lot of unanswered questions there, too. David Sampson being his appointee as chairman of the Port Authority, who is being investigated for charges of conflict of interest, including the classic, the chairman's flight to South Carolina, where he pressed the United Airlines to establish a direct flight to his vacation near his vacation home in South Carolina, which United did while under discussions on key issues with the Port Authority. And as soon as Sampson resigned, they canceled the flight because it was less than half full. So this is far from over. Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger. Andrea Bernstein, senior editor for politics and policy for WNYC News. Thanks again. Thank you. A pleasure always, my friend. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. Facebook money, powerful, popular politicians, and an audience with Oprah. It's the surefire winning combination to bring about urban school reform, or at least to generate massive media attention. Five years after the headline-grabbing reform efforts in Newark, reporter Dale Russikoff picks through the pieces of this history in the new book, The Prize, Who's in Charge of America's Schools? And Dale Russikoff joins us now. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Some of the main players uh, are there on the cover of your book. Chris Christie, Cory Booker, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, and former Newark School superintendent Cami Anderson. Can you take us through how this idea to reform Newark school system came to be the moment this plan was hatched? Well, actually, it was hatched in the backseat of Cory Booker's SUV in December 2009. Um, Booker had, for a long time, wanted to be a champion of school reform in Newark. He had brought $20 million um, from funders of charter schools to Newark. And this was his effort with Christie now in the governor's office, a, a governor who, although he was a Republican, shared his views on education and education reform. And he thought that he and Christie could team up together and bring all of the school reform 
movement's best ideas to Newark. He wanted to increase the number of charter schools. He wanted to improve all these management systems. He wanted a new teacher's contract. He wanted to weaken tenure. All of the things that were being pushed by the school reform movement with Christie in charge of the Newark schools since they'd been under state control for 20 years, he thought that the two of them together could completely revolutionize education in Newark. The idea really hadn't been previewed with the people of Newark. Uh, Cory Booker had just been reelected. He was in his, he just starting his second term, and he hadn't mentioned in his campaign that he was going to try to revolutionize education. So this came as quite a surprise. It was announced on the Oprah show, and people in Newark literally learned about it with the national television audience at that same moment. Republican Governor Chris Christie, Democratic Mayor of Newark, Cory Booker, and the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, are putting politics aside to help turn around the failing public schools in Newark, New Jersey. That was one of the first problems that they encountered, was that people were immediately suspicious. You know, why is this being announced on Oprah when it's affecting us and, our, and particularly our children? And why weren't we the first to know? And why weren't we given a seat at the table to talk about how, what kind of shape this was going to take? So help me with the, the Hollywood uh, elevator pitch uh, uh, here. What is this story about? Is this a story uh, of, of good intentions running up against an entrenched system? Is this a story of uh, cynical political ambition, you know, leaders with huge egos spotting a chance to make a big media splash regardless of the outcome? Is this a story with anyone to root for? I mean, when does David Simon call you and say, uh, here's season six of The Wire? You mean you're asking me to show you a hero, right? Right. Um, The interesting thing about this story is that there aren't heroes and there aren't villains. Um, I do believe this was a story of good intentions. I also think it was a story of political ego, huge political egos. I think it was a story of hubris. Um, of the politicians and of a lot of the people in the education reform movement. I think it was also a story of just entrenched suspicion and opposition all over the community, sometimes, again, well-intentioned, sometimes not well-intentioned. I think that it really did show that there needs to be a much more democratic process from the bottom up if you're going to have sustainable reform in education. Governor Christie, what are you committing to? What are you committing to? What I'm committing to is changing the schools in the city where I was born uh, and spent the first years of my life. And Mayor Booker is going to be the point person, our lead guy in Newark, in helping to develop this entirely new plan of how to reform the education system in Newark and create a national model. As Governor Christie has been running his presidential campaign, this story about Newark's schools is not one that I've heard him talk much about. He made an effort earlier in the year to talk about Camden and uh, efforts to transform that city's uh, police force. But after all the attention that was lavished on the Newark school transformation, this is not something I've heard the governor talk about in a long time. No, I think he would really like this to go away. That's it. End of story. Well, it's not going away, but um, but he has gone away from it. He has gone away from it. Yes. Well, he's, I mean, what he's doing now is he has brought in um, Chris Cerf, who was the commissioner of education, to replace Superintendent Cami Anderson and to lead a transition to local control of the Newark schools. So in other words, for the first time in 20 years, take them out from under the state and give them back to the people of Newark to run as they choose. What's the message? I tried. This is the reaction I got. I'm done. I'm done here. I think the message from Christie is, I'm running for president, and I'm really eager to have Newark quiet down, and I'm turning to Chris Cerf, 
who was my trusted state commissioner, to take over as superintendent, try to resolve some of the most raging problems that came from the one Newark, you know, tremendous reform and upheaval of a couple years ago. And I think that their goal is to try to embed as many of the reforms as they can the greater accountability in the teacher's contract, the emphasis on teacher quality and, and having principals have a bigger role in observing and coaching teachers to higher and higher levels of performance. All of the things that they came in with, I think they want those to be their legacy and it's up to, and, and I think he's turned to Chris Surf once again to try to put those things in place for as long as possible. Dale Russikoff, thank you for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. Dale Russikoff is the author of The Prize, Who's in Charge of America's Schools? And she will be part of a panel discussion hosted by WNYC with uh, Mayor Roz Baraka on September 28th at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. You can get free tickets at wnyc.org backslash events. The Christie Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christie Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Andrea Bernstein on Twitter at AndreaWNYC and Tom Moran at Tom A. Moran. I'm David First. Matt Katz will be back next week. And Governor, I'm sorry, I know Matt couldn't be with us this time. I'm incredibly disappointed.